Now, we enable cardholders, kind of everyday people, to purchase carbon offsetting projects, which is just to say, all right, I've reduced my carbon footprint, but there's obviously still some impact. If I want to offset that, aka have that carbon captured through one of these technologies, I can put some of my credit card rewards points towards a carbon capture project. What's important to kind of appreciate about carbon sequestration, carbon capture, is that yes, this is certainly one of the tools that we can employ to mitigate and combat climate change. Welcome back to her CEO journey. As we all know, our climate is in crisis. Biodiversity is in freefall. Injustice is everywhere. Business as usual is not working for people or for the planet. B Corps believe that business can and must evolve to be a force for good in the world. A community of like-minded businesses that go beyond making excuses to become part of the solution. Profit Reimagine Inc., the producer of this podcast, is a B Corp. And we join the B Corp community in celebrating the B Corp month where we go beyond business as usual. And this podcast series is all about how small businesses can contribute to climate solution. In episode 197, Jenny Morgan, the market development manager at Treatwater, show us one way to offset your carbon footprint. Now in today's episode, episode 197, Catherine Pierce, the founder of Carbon Zero Financial, show us how every purchase you make today becomes an investment in tomorrow. Carbon Zero understand that most people want to help fight climate change, but have never had the proper tools. So Carbon Zero empowers brands, banks, and fintech to help their client live sustainably by providing white-label climate tech for the automatic measuring, reducing, and offsetting of consumer carbon footprints. Now, let's find out Catherine's CEO journey. Catherine Pierce, welcome to her CEO journey. It is a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So you have made social impact your professional purpose, and you are the founder of Carbon Zero Financial, where you basically building tech for climate conscious consumerism. What bring you to found Carbon Zero Financial? I've always been a roll up my sleeves and problem solve kind of gal. Normally, that's inspired by a sense of indignation that something could and should be better. And historically, really focused on social impact. I've been passionate about interpersonal violence reduction, fiscal literacy for minorities. It normally really has come from a sense of things can and should be better. What can I do? For a long time, though, I didn't actually see that propensity to identify a problem and create new solutions as necessarily part of the founder experience or an entrepreneurial spirit. I really just thought of it as I'm passionate about these things and I want to create a difference. And I think that's a somewhat gendered experience. I think a lot of women do perhaps see those behaviors and think of the ways they'd like to create a positive impact on the world and don't necessarily see themselves in the terms like founder, CEO, entrepreneur. Now it's important to me to not only shift my own thinking around that, but encourage other women to shift their thinking around that. It's actually critical that more people start to create business models whereby progress and impact is intrinsic to profit. What excites me is creating 
more entrepreneurial endeavors and opportunities for us to not have profit for profit's sake, but profit for progress's sake. Getting innovators into the space, into the private sector, into uh, being founders such that we are using this as an opportunity to address some of the most pressing problems and really have the impact we want to in the world. Your background is behavior change. What is exactly behavior change? And then how is that relate to uh, carbon zero? Behavioral change is basically identifying what are the patterns or what are the behaviors that are commonplace for us? What are some of the beliefs or norms that inform that? And how can we start to provide tools, resources, new frameworks to shift our thinking and create new outcomes? So, so often it's actually just examining the norms and behaviors that are kind of routine for us that we don't really put a lot of conscious thought into and then changing them such that they more effectively reflect not only our values, but the goals that we have for ourselves and our communities. Now, when you think about that in the context of climate, so much of the problem is this kind of unconscious consumption. (laughs) It's this participation in the exacerbation of climate change in such a way that we don't fully understand the role we're playing that poses a really direct threat to our survival on earth. So, Behavioral change is, in fact, critical to climate change prevention because it's looking at what are our behaviors, what tools, resources, and frameworks do we need to more effectively change our behaviors and ensure that our communities, ourselves, or individuals are doing the critical work of reducing the effects and threats of climate change. What I'm curious about, what really intrigued you to start Carbon Zero Financial? I'm a person who's really passionate, clearly, about aligning my actions with my values. But one of the most important ways that we, in fact, enact change is through our spend. Voting with your dollar is critically important to endorsing certain ideas, communities, and practices. But I think that's one where a lot of us fall short. It's really really difficult to actually know, all right, well, what is the impact of my spend? If I want to be more sustainable, if I want to be part of the solution, what does that look like in terms of where my dollars and cents are going? And so for me, it was really understanding, okay, the data is out there. There's no reason we can't have better insight into the impact of our spend in a multitude of facets of ESG. The data is there. It's just not readily accessible to consumers. And as such, it's difficult to benchmark our progress and then make changes. So for me, it was the belief that it should be easier to transact according to our concern for people and planet. We have the IPCC reports. We know that we're kind of facing this really scary outcome if we don't make changes. And there is data that can facilitate in making that a far more automated and streamlined process where our transactions are concerned. And so I want that to be more ubiquitous across card products. I want us all to be able to feel like I know the impact and I'm consciously making a decision about how, where, and when I spend. How is that work then with Carbon Zero Financial? I describe the approach as the quantification, gamification, and gratification of conscious consumerism. So first and foremost, we have to provide data that benchmarks a person's kind of habits and behaviors. So we have an algorithm by which we can look at your transactions on your card product, and it can tell you the carbon impact of your spend. This is important because in order to change something, you have to be able to measure it and see the progress. And so we can look at the merchant category codes. We can see where you're spending and give you a sense of what the impact of that spend is. After which, we can gamify it. Once we have data, it's like, all right, let's set some goals. Let's uh, let's try and improve this. So we help consumers by, one, trying to actually reduce their overall carbon impact by connecting them to a marketplace of sustainable goods, brands, and services. Essentially, we're saying we see the type of spend you're doing. Here are the value-aligned alternatives. Here are the sustainable brands who sell similar products and have better eco-practices. Why don't you shop from them instead? And then also providing 
the opportunity to redeem credit card rewards points towards offsets. So first and foremost, we want to help you reduce your carbon footprint. But once you've done that, you can also offset the existing footprint through a range of carbon offsetting projects. And that's really where the gratification comes in, is helping people benchmark this progress, ensuring that they're in fact getting deals at these sustainable brands, such that it's a financially gratifying experience as well, and seeing their values reflected in the very transactions that they make on a daily basis. A lot of my audience are small business female founders. Let's say that they are interested in Carbon Zero Financial. What can they do? So for Carbon Zero Financial, we're technology that's added to credit card products. So for a corporate card, we could be added to their corporate card such that with the spending they're doing as a business, they can understand the impact and try to reduce it. But otherwise, it's on consumer cards. And this is very much for consumers to be able to understand their own carbon impact, decrease it, and then offset the difference. For small businesses, I think a key step is even just understanding the carbon impact of your own supply chain. Do you know where your materials are coming from and your own practices? You need to have that awareness of what is my impact. From there, we can start to devise action plans and provide the tools and resources to reduce. So primarily, we work on the consumer side, but absolutely for businesses as well on a corporate card, this is a technology that would be added to their card product to help them have a sense of what the carbon impact of their own business operations are. Normally, you know, a business will have a corporate card by which they kind of put transactions, whether it's their debit card or they have a corporate credit card. So too, could they be then using their corporate card as a way of tracking the carbon impact of their organization? Whatever card it is that they're using on their transactions, whatever they're using to buy their materials, et cetera, that can then become tying their transactions to carbon impact can become an automated way of understanding what their carbon footprint is and starting to reduce it. We also do consulting on an individual basis, but predominantly we sell our technology to banks. We think there's a tremendous amount of scale in meeting consumers where they are with the tools they're already using. So for example, most people do have a credit card or debit card. If we ensure that our technology is a feature on that, then we're ensuring that this technology is accessible to as many people as possible. But we also do have consulting services. If individual companies want to understand their carbon footprint and set a plan to reduce it, We're trying to empower as many everyday people. And so given the propensity of most Americans to have either a debit or credit card, we think that's a great way of getting this technology to them with a product they're already using. If small businesses are interested, they can still approach you and then can have a consulting service from you to identify what exactly they need to do for their carbon impact. Yeah, we're happy to do those individual consulting practices, beyond which we have a marketplace of sustainable goods, brands, and services. We're trying to connect consumers to the brands they actually want to shop with. So if there are small businesses out there and you are a woman-owned business or a minority-owned business, veteran-owned business, sustainable business, these are all facets of ESG that increasingly consumers want to shop with. So if you are a small business out there and you pertain to one of those demographics within the umbrella of ESG, we'd love to work with you and ensure that consumers are actually putting their dollars and cents towards the causes and communities they want to endorse, such as yours. There is a mention about your company is doing carbon sequestration. What is carbon sequestration? So essentially, you can think of it as a method, a project, we don't normally call them carbon offsetting projects, by which carbon that's in the atmosphere is captured. So think of it kind of as a balancing act. If we're emitting all of this carbon, we also, in order to mitigate the effects of climate, need to capture it. First and foremost, we have to reduce our carbon footprints. But for the carbon that's already there, there's methods that we can employ to capture it. 
Now, we enable cardholders, kind of everyday people, to purchase carbon offsetting projects, which is just to say, all right, I've reduced my carbon footprint, but there's obviously still some impact. If I want to offset that, aka have that carbon captured through one of these technologies, I can put some of my credit card rewards points towards a carbon capture project. What's important to kind of appreciate about carbon sequestration, carbon capture, is that, yes, this is certainly one of the tools that we can employ to mitigate and combat climate change. That being said, this is not a panacea. This is not an excuse to continue living as we do presently. Carbon capture is one resource that we can rely on, but more critically, we do need to actually create more sustainable practices for ourselves. The one misconception that people have is kind of like, well, we can just offset everything. And that's really not what the intent is. That is supposed to be a tool that we employ to facilitate. But most critically, we do, in fact, need to reduce our overall carbon impacts. When I go to your website, there is a list of projects. So I'm kind of curious from your perspective, what is your process to identify those projects? So we depend on a lot of the kind of verification and standardization of groups out there like Vera, Gold Standard. There's a lot of different groups that have been formed in order to assess the quality and, in fact, efficacy of these projects. We're still in early days, and I do think that there's a lot more standardization and regulation that needs to be brought to this space. But on the whole, we depend on projects that do have verification based on the bodies that are currently assessing for that depend on kind of their expertise and standards for the rest of the market. We also like to provide ranges, both of methodology and technology and location. So relative to who you are, maybe you're interested specifically in oceans. And as such, you would like your carbon offsetting project to be specific to oceans. Maybe you want it to be specific to a certain region of the world. We like to almost have the choose your own adventure of impact such that You're being exposed to a range of different technologies in different places and at different price points. What's feasible for one person to spend on offsetting may not be feasible for someone else. And we want to ensure that carbon offsets, when a person does choose to use them, though again, that can't be the only thing that they do, but when they do choose to purchase carbon offsets, that we're meeting them where they are based on their interests, their needs, and their bandwidth. You said that it's not only about carbon offsets. We also hear the word of carbon neutral. So as a consumer, is it possible to go beyond carbon neutral? Theoretically, if you were to purchase a certain number of carbon offsets that exceeded the calculated carbon impact of what you purchased, then you would be in the carbon negative. Nonetheless, I think we should be cautious of any methodology or any go-to such as carbon offsets that nonetheless enables us to continue consuming as we always have. I think these terms can at times almost distract us from the more kind of common sense application of sustainability, which is what are you consuming? What are you wasting? With what frequency are you purchasing things unnecessarily? And how frequently are you shopping locally? I love that, you know, your audience is predominantly small businesses because small businesses normally do align with more sustainable practices. And so as much as there are these various terms, and I think they are pertinent to these discussions, particularly when we think of ESG mandates and global goals that we have for everyday people and for small businesses, I think it's just important to look at your own behaviors and start to identify ways to make improvements where you can. But do you think people can change? Because there's so many out there that allow us to buy cheaper, to buy more often. (laughs) 
I absolutely believe we can change. And I think if anything, COVID was a a telling example that when there are either incentives or demands made on us, we can drastically change our behaviors in ways that we would have thought inconceivable. In terms of sustainability, though, it's a far less drastic change. And more, I think about creating the right incentives for people, increasing standards and oversight of what are the methodologies by which our the our products are made. So I think there's different roles to be played. For innovators, I do think we need to make it an easier process through technology and data for people to understand their carbon impact and reduce it. We try to do that by assessing people's spend, identifying where they can make changes, and then connecting them to the very goods, brands, and services that are, in fact, more sustainable, but similar products to what they're currently buying. I also believe that there's a role for policy. If we make certain demands about the sustainability of products being made in our country, then that, too, creates change. So I'm perpetually of the belief that we can change. I just think we need the tools, resources, and incentive structures to do so. Now, also, Gen Z is coming. Gen Z is acutely aware of the extent to which they are going to incur the effects of our actions and inactions right now. And so as each generation puts greater demands on corporations and essentially wields their buying power in more effective ways, we do see changes. And to that end, we already know that changes are being made. In terms of consumer behavior trends and kind of reports that we're seeing, Over 90% of categories examined on sustainability marked products are outperforming their conventional counterparts, according to a Stern report. Over the past five years, there's been a 71% rise in online searches for sustainable goods globally. And overall, we know that sustainable products sell 5.6 times faster than their conventional counterparts. So clearly, already we're seeing the behavioral change of when people are made aware that there's sustainable alternatives, they're desirous of finding them and buying them. There's so much more impact to be made if we make that a far more seamless experience, where instead of having to search themselves, these are being targeted to them based on what they like to buy. So I would say the data unto itself substantiates that people do want to make these changes. They are desirous of these products. And in fact, that's heartening because that means that this is an expanding market and there's profit to be made in it. And that's where those incentive structures come in. There's profit in being a sustainable company. Now, people want to be sustainable because they understand the extent to which that can benefit their bottom line, their reputation. And so I think when you have these incentive structures of consumers are willing to pay more, consumers are willing to engage with you, consumers think more favorably of your brand, these are really critical value adds that particularly as we look at the next 10, 20 years of how companies are going to remain competitive, ESG, incorporating social and environmental good, will be paramount and an imperative in order to remain competitive. So give an illustration, right, with carbon zero. If I have a corporate card and then I started purchasing, what am I going to see on my screen when I'm using those cards? So first, you're going to be in your transactions, as you normally do. So you'll see a history of your transactions. Normally, in that history, you see the price of kind of what it is you purchased. Now, you'll also be able to see the carbon impact of that transaction. If you scroll to the top, just as where you would normally see, okay, you spent this much this month, and it's broken down by category, transportation, food, et cetera, so too will you have a carbon impact that's broken down by category. Now, in terms of redeeming points, just as you could redeem points, let's say, to book a flight, to go to a restaurant, et cetera, you'll also now have the opportunity to use points towards carbon offsets and can click to do that and select projects. 
Also, there's normally affiliate marketplaces. When I scroll through a Capital One card, for example, I might see, oh, you can have this discount at Macy's this month. Now, instead of having those discounts and affiliate marketplaces based on kind of who's willing to bid for that spot, instead, we have it based on sustainability. And so we'll say, hey, you can get 30% off with this brand this month, and they're a more sustainable provider of clothing. You can get 15% off at this brand this month, and they sell eco-friendly home good products, toiletries, comparable to what you're already buying. And so it's a lot of the same behaviors. It's a lot of the same features that are already on cards. We're just targeting it to your desire to be more sustainable. And I think that's really what innovation is about, taking something that exists and tweaking it ever so slightly to create new impact. And so for us, it's very much, you're used to this user experience. We're just affording that user experience with greater opportunity to have environmental impact. We also, though, intend to diversify this product line such that, yes, we have climate. We can tell you your climate score. But so, too, do people care about shopping from women-owned businesses, Black-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses. And so, similarly, as you look through your transactions, you would be able to see the frequency with which you're actually shopping from those businesses. If you want to improve that, hey, I'd like to shop for more women-owned businesses next month, you can connect to our marketplace of women-owned businesses. And so again, it's just being able to say, hey, this is how much of my spend is actually aligned with my values. I'd like to improve it and being connected to the resources to do so. For us, it's capitalizing on the fact that this is an intention people have and providing the technological experience that makes it easier to act on. We're still very early days. Admittedly, we are a startup. Our first partners are those who already have a commitment to the environment. So Clean Energy Credit Union, for example, financial institutions who have already demonstrated and substantiated their commitment towards environmental sustainability. It's still early days, but we're excited that bigger and bigger banks are seeing that this is an imperative. They know that this is coming down the pipeline and that particularly Gen Z expects to have far more data-driven, personalized experiences in how they transact and what they see on their dashboard when they open up their credit card app. I do believe across the board, this is going to become more mainstream until such time that we're no longer surprised that our values and kind of the impact of our spend is reflected when we open up our credit card apps put pressure on your banks. Banks are so desirous of retaining their consumers, their kind of cardholders, of retaining uh, their existing customers. We all have so much more power than I think we give ourselves credit for. Put some pressure on your bank. What resources do you have to help me be more sustainable? And then again, if you are interested in either consulting or just being part of our marketplace for value-aligned shopping, you're more than welcome to reach out. And that's one way we can start to work with you is at least ensuring that consumers who are aware of our work and are using our technology can be brought to you because you're the value-aligned alternative to what they're currently buying. Catherine, is there anything else that I haven't asked you and then you want to share this with my audience? One would be, I just, I really want to reiterate, we all have so much more power than I think we give ourselves credit for, and it's important that we exert it. And so whether that's with your bank, whether that's demanding that they be facilitators of how you live a more aligned life, when we make those demands, they are so desirous of retaining us as customers, it does have an effect. And beyond which, I would say be gentle with yourself. We want to do better. And I think that commitment unto itself is a great start. 
Perfection is kind of the enemy of progress. Start making a few concerted efforts, changes in your life about how you consume, what you're consuming and how frequently, and see how that snowballs. I do think the more that we feel empowered and part of the solution, the more pressure we exert on other institutions and stakeholders. And that really does build a momentum that can change the standards that we're holding organizations to and really change our fight against climate. I would also just say, we need women. We need women at every stage, at every part of the process, at every table. And so if you feel a sense of indignation, whether about climate or anything else, I really encourage more women to consider, how can I be part of the problem solving? How can I be part of the solution? We have a role to play and it very often is in a role of leadership. Give yourself the permission to pursue that role. That's wonderful. If people want to reach out to you, where can they find you, Catherine? So they can reach out. We've got carbonzero.cc as our website. But otherwise, my email is Catherine, C-A-T-H-R-Y-N at carbonzero.cc. And we're always excited not only to talk to other financial institutions, but like I said, building a coalition of small businesses, value-aligned businesses, whether you're sustainable, woman-owned, veteran-owned, et cetera, to ensure that consumers actually get to vote with their dollars according to the causes and communities they want to support. Yeah, there are many people in my audience which are certified B Corporation. I'm very sure they would be happy to connect with you and then be part of your marketplace. So I truly appreciate this. Well, you are welcome. We would love to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Catherine. And that's bring us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for mission-driven women entrepreneurs. When you are ready to grow to the next level and seeking a finance team and a fractional CFO who are all in on your mission and can help you maximize profit to make a bigger social impact, connect with us at theprofitreimagine.com forward slash let's chat.